This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into hour number one of the live Saturday edition. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go right into the phone call, show about your calls. Let's talk to TSA George on the amplifier line calling from Australia this time. Hello. Good day, mate. <laughs> Good day, sir. Yeah, I just um, finished week one of my trip here and about to start week two heading off to Adelaide. <laughs> and um, i got to tell you right there, it's been a long trip. Not even before, get this, not even before I left the country, I met this hot chick at um, California in, in San Fran. Connected thing we had both had 11-hour layovers. We were both going to Australia. Wow! And uh, so we were both staying at the same hotel next door neighbors. And we were amazing. We were about to, yeah, get get this though. Uh, the next it's like we were about to um, go to the airport. Had the same um, time flights heading out there. And when I called her up, it turns out she was in the shower. And I and when I called, she. she uh, when she turned to get the phone, she slipped and broke her wrist. Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, can you imagine my just that kind of luck? My luck and hers. Oh right man! There. So that prevented I, uh, her from. I didn't, uh, know, from... I didn't know that, and I thought she was like a, um, probably getting breakfast or something. I'll get back, um, pushing the cart and knock on the hotel room. Uh, um, the manager opens the door, and there she is, lying in the bed with her broke with her oh, wrist man. broke. And I'm like, damn, yeah. So, like, so she yeah, didn't make the trip then. Not not that day. She probably, um, she, given the injury, she probably got a cast, and then the next day caught her flight. And mm. then the, now when I get to Australia, I got, luckily for me, no um, secondary screening by their customs, even though all my coworkers said I was going to get um, secondary, get, you know, get their full treatment. I just luckily brought my government badge, and they, they just waved me on through. Luckily. So wait, Australian customs waved you through? Yeah. Because you had a I, U.S. They, government it, badge? Well, they had way other things too. I mean, it wasn't because of that, but um, I'm not sure. I just had it out, I see. so I'm thinking that might have helped, you know? Cool. So if you could go like a police supply shop and buy yourself one of those badges, because anybody can go and buy a badge for themselves, then... So in my uh, case, it was an identi- government identity identifying right, card, right. you know? I gotcha. Yeah. So anyway, um, then it's like I, I spend sometimes Sydney get my get those pictures taken and all that stuff. It's expensive, by the way, even though the dollar's still stronger. Um, our dollar's still stronger than theirs. It's expensive. It's like three. It's like two. It used to be a lot stronger. Huh? It used to be a lot stronger. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's sad right there. I was debating so, politics with the locals. There. So you've been oh, there a week. Have that. you had a chance to have any Vegemite yet? Uh, I saw it right there, and I sniffed it, and then I, and I was like, no, Gardner was totally right about that. <laughs> so anyway, I get on the, um, then a few days later, I get on the plane to Cannes. Get, get, get this. Um, they, they let you bring your drinks on board, you know. They, they don't take away the liquids on domestic flights. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Wait, that, so yeah, any that, liquids that, you can bring on, uh, you can bring on board? Just, well, n- naturally not the flammable ones, you know. Right. But yeah. And stuff. But so wait, you're the, telling me there's not a rash of hijackings and uh, plane bombings in Australia as a result? No, but here's where Australian airport security gets more retarded than American airport security. Really? I, uh, I brought a little rubber snake thing to do a snakes on the plane bit, you know? <laughs> oh, God. No, <laughs> anyway, now American airport security, they don't care about that. They can see it's a rubber snake. They don't care. Here, mm-hmm. they took it away. They thought it was going to cause panic. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
Yeah, can you believe that? Well, <laughs> you were intending to cause panic, weren't you? No, no, no. Just no. I just want to pitch things. When I first when I first took it on, everyone was looking at first first got a little startled, but then like not even a second later, they were laughing. Oh, oh the yeah. snakes on the plane thing! And several <laughs> passengers borrowed it, and flight attendants were taking pictures. That's you funny. Know, me and other passengers <laughs> with the snake. You're gonna have to put you're gonna have to put that picture up on the the BBS so people it, can see it. It's on my MySpace right now. Mark oh, can cool. go on right on there, and I did. And oh, I, we, I, I don't know how to get there. Most of our listeners don't either, so you have to put it on the BBS. But uh, George, any other trip highlights so far? Oh, uh, yeah, I did um, a Great Barrier Reef tour. Great, it, it was awesome right there, though. I'd take um, seasickness pills if I was you right there. That boat was rocking on the mm. way out there. Uh-huh. And then also, and then yesterday I um, went to, took this sky rail thing, you know, those, cape, those um, car thingies that um, hang by the cable. Yeah. And it goes over to the mountains. Damn, that was high. It's like four or 5,000 feet right there at wow. least. And you're going up over the jungle. It's like, and this is miles, like five, five ten miles. Of this stuff. Very cool. So, to, so uh, I've village. always kind of had an interest in going out to uh, to see New Zealand, specifically New Zealand, but also Australia. I'm sure they're both both very very yeah. beautiful yeah, places. Yeah, I got to hold a koala bear in the zoo in this village in the Neat. mountains that I took the thing. It was awesome. And are you are you by yourself huh? or do you have uh, like some friends that you're going with? Uh, no, I'm I'm traveling solo at the wow. moment here. None of my friends can afford to go. And then even if they could, none of them would want uh, is like um, want to go that far and coach. And in my case, I want business class because I saved my miles up for there you four go. years. Cause there I you go. Tra- traveling with TSA far. George, man. We'll let you go. Have a, uh, have a good rest of your trip, all right? All right. Thanks, dude. 800-259-9231. Kind of cool to hear uh, some of the neat things you can do in other countries that you just can't do around here. Koala bears? That's not not going to find those here. <laughs> not an option. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, on the way here, uh, we can talk about all kinds of different things, whatever's on your mind, of course. Uh, but specifically, there's a very disturbing story coming out of Los Angeles, and uh, we'll get to that. But first, your calls. Let's talk to Satis in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Satis. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I belong to a subculture that gets a bad rap. Okay. And it's called furries. Uh, really? Huh? Yes. Uh, people think that all we do is look for sex and stuff, but we, we actually go to conventions, dress up as an- animals and stuff like that. Okay. Now, let's see if we can explain this uh, for people that have never, people that are listening, perhaps on the radio, on the Internet, that have never heard of this phenomenon before. Uh, wh- how would you describe what a furry is? A furry is someone who digs anthropomorphics, a form of art where you give human characteristics to a non-human thing. The perfect example of an anthropomorphic animal would be like a Disney character, like uh, probably more um, human-like than that. But no, I don't know about that because m- most Disney characters have human-like expressions and that sort of thing, even though they're obviously animals and they couldn't express themselves in that way normally. Would you would you agree or disagree? Which one of our de- definitions would you say is more but fitting? See, both of you are correct. Uh, being able to express yourself. Hello, Satis. I think we lost oh, that's unfortunate, because we've never had a furry call this show before. Satis can call back. Normally, you only get one call per night, but if something uh, awful like that happens in the middle of your call, obviously, you can dial back in. 1-800-259-9231. What? You didn't want to hear about this, Mark? It's fascinating. Other yeah, people, yeah, people, uh, people want to know what a uh, furry is and... and that kind of thing. Well, right. I don't know if people tuned in tonight thinking they wanted to find out what a furry was, but, but you can uh, believe when that guy called that they wanted to know. Right. Once you find out about the uh, the, the these furry folk, 
it's very interesting. Now, now there there are definitely some furries that are into the furry sex thing, which involves all sorts of things. But the basic concept is you get dressed up like an anthropomorphic animal. In some cases, these people put on full uh, what they call fur suits. Mm-hmm. So, like uh, if you're at a baseball game, there's the mascot out there waving with the kids. Yeah, that's a fur suit basically, and they have all kinds of different ones. You know, everything from uh, from foxes to tigers to dogs, uh, you name it. There's probably a, a fur suit for it. And oh, I'm so, sure there is. So they get the fur suits on, and then they, uh, well, they do their thing. They Let's know how bring to party him back. down. He's back. It's Satis back uh, from Kentucky. Now, uh, you were just in the middle of explaining uh, anthropomorphized animals, uh, humans, what it is all about. Yes. Uh, it's You have human expressions. You can relate. You can talk like a human. You have human physical features like bums. The animals do. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I actually am getting the fursuit myself, I heard you talking about. So are you new into the furry thing? No, I'm actually what's called a veteran furry. I've been in it for five or six years, ever since I was like 12. What? So, so how does one get veteran status? Do they have a ceremony <laughs> where people in uh, little fursuits give it out, give out uh, veteran status well, to you? Well, uh, it's five... I, I Please say it. yes. Yeah. <laughs> now he's not laughing because he's making fun. He's just under trying to understand. It does. Yeah, you do understand that it does seem kind of silly. But if people are into this, and there's a lot of people that are into it, it's something worth talking about. It is. Um, it's an interesting subculture. And Satis, if you can hang on, I want to bring you back and discuss this further. In fact, if you've got a question for Satis, if you've ever had a, I don't know, a question for a furry, here he is. Uh, one of them. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, the live Saturday edition. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there for free, including updates. Get signed up. We will keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates. FreeTalkLive.com and FreeTalkLive is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to FreeStateProject.org. That's FreeStateProject.org. So again, this is the show about anything. It doesn't matter if it's an issue or something of a a personal basis, or in this case, uh, a sexual preference that we are uh, actually taking a look at. And it's not just a sexual preference, and I think that's something that uh, that Satis is going to try to make very clear to us. Because a lot of people, they, they hear about furries, and they hear that it is definitely tied, that there are certain uh, certain furries that are, are very sexual, uh, sexualized, and, and uh, into that sort of uh, fetish, I suppose. Um, but basically what we're talking about here are people that are really, really into the concept of anthropomorphized animals. And that is animals that have human characteristics, uh, whether it be that they, they look human, like they have a thumb on their, their paws, that sort of thing, or uh, just sort of expressive human-like faces. Uh, it could be drawn, it could be artwork, it could be uh, like a physical costume. There's all kinds of different ways that, uh, that, that the furries, as they call themselves, express their appreciation for the anthropomorphized uh, animal. 
And so we actually have a a self-professed furry on the line with us, one who claims to be a veteran furry. His name's Satis, and he's on the line from Kentucky. Now, Satis, you said that you got into this when you were 12 years old. Uh, You said it's been about six years, so that puts you at approximately, what, 18? Yes, sir. Okay. And so now, is this a sexual thing for you at all? Is Is there a sexual factor for you? Uh, there is yiffy, but, you know, I, I'm in it for the lulls. I'm in it for the fun. Okay, what uh, is, what is the fun, uh, the, what, what, what exactly about being a furry is fun for you? You know, uh, it's just good to put smiles on people's faces walking around with a tail in the flea market. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you just don't get that satisfaction. You know, being a social deviant it it really helps out your personality and it really helps you know build your character now wait a minute uh, now okay i don't know you just called yourself a social deviant yes how is it i don't understand when you say that when you're uh, isn't that a bit self-deprecating a little but you got to admit it's not the norm it certainly isn't the norm but i don't know if the, i mean is the term deviant i don't have the definition Deviating. in front of me Right. I guess deviant does mean to deviate from the norm, but it also, I feel, has a negative connotation, the, the term deviant. Deviating from the norm uh, is often considered negative. Okay, okay, so that's the, that's the definition. So, but you don't see it as a negative thing, right? No. So, I actually see it quite positive because you get to meet new people, you get to go have fun at conventions and stuff, which I'm going to MSF. Next week. And so what is this? What, what is this convention you're talking? MSF. What is that? Midwest Fur Fest. It's in Chicago. Oh they actually have several of these, uh, and they've been growing in popularity. I think, especially since they actually had them before the advent of the internet, as I understand it. Uh, I've done a little bit of research, as uh, you might be able to tell. Apparently, but yeah. uh, they had these conventions prior to the internet. But obviously, since the uh, uh, the internet, uh, the uh, that has obviously brought more of the furries together, and uh, then spurred more uh, conventions across the country and and uh, apparently around the world. What are some of the things that go on at a furry convention? Uh, they any, Basically, anything they can relate to furry, game shows, games, uh, music, art, role play, anything. Uh, they'll put furry in it and they'll put it in a convention. And th- these are uh, they're 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 not adult only conventions, so it's not like it's a uh, furry porn convention or anything like that, right? No, there's uh, they're actually admitting uh, children six and under for free at MFF Midwest Fur Fest for, uh, but they have to wear a uh, underage badge. Anyone underage has to wear an underage badge, and uh, <laughs> they are barred off from any yiffy or pornography. Section. Okay, can can you describe what Yiffy is without being? I get you, you need to be radio friendly, obviously. But what is what is Yiffy? It is pornographic images depicting anthropomorphic creatures. I so see. usually cartoons. Is that what we're talking about yeah. here? Okay. Huh. Okay. Now here's what I've always been curious about. Right. See, I've I've fa- I've found this furry subculture fascinating, and I think it's interesting that uh, you're a newer listener to the show. I know you've recently uh, registered on the Free Talk Live BBS. Uh, yep. And I'm sure that people will be able to go there and converse with you and and, uh, and ask you questions. But this is something I've always been fascinated with. How do you feel like? I mean, you said you got into it as a relatively young person. Do you feel like the reason why you have a an 
a, an, a, an interest, if you will. I don't, I don't want to call it an obsession, uh, but a, a, a serious interest in anthropomorphized animals. Is it because you watched a lot of Disney films as a kid? I mean, what is it that you feel brought you down this path? Perhaps I did watch a lot of cartoons as a kid. Mm-hmm. Who didn't? Probably, yeah, probably explains my spontaneous uh, personality today and my direct uh, my direction towards furry. Can you, as a furry, have a relationship with a non-furry? Uh, I have before. Uh, me being gay, I. Uh, Usually try to go for other furries because they, it's really hard to find a straight furry in the fandom. That's what was my next question was going to be is how many straight furries are there? Is it mostly a gay male thing? What's the, what is the demographics of the furries? Uh, at the meets, I counted, uh, more gay males than females and only one or two straight male in or female. Interesting. Hmm. Wow. So uh, it's a lot of gay females too? Uh, mostly bisexual if they are female. So, um, that I've noticed. Now, now, my question on this is you brought up the gay thing, and I was going to kind of go that direction with it, is um, were you born a furry, or did you choose to be a furry? <laughs> um, people, some people argue this. They'll say, you're, oh, you were born <laughs> to be, you were born to love anthropomorphic. I say, no, it's a choice. Absolutely. I mean, no one just wakes up one day and says, hey, I think I'll like... Anthropomorphic creatures. Right. You I'm, not sure I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I agree. I don't know. I mean, my, my you can't be born loving anthropomorphized animals. You don't know what they are, but, but people can be born being gay. You, you, no you don't even know that. what males and females are when you're born. You don't know anything. So yeah. you, you have a preference, whatever for whatever reason one has that right. preference. Couldn't one make the same arguments then if you're if you're saying that it's a choice to be anthropomorphically or you know to, inclined? To, to, inclined. <laughs> um, isn't it a choice then to like males? No. Uh, hey, no. let him answer. Go ahead. No. Okay, now why is that? What is the difference between your preference for people in fuzzy suits and... One's biological and one is cr- clearly pe- cultural. People with penises. What's the what's the difference in those pre- preferences? Well, one is uh, ingrained in your DNA, in your brain. It's uh, instinctual. The other right. one is socially. Absolutely. Biological versus culturally uh, inculcated. These are, these are names for um, preferences, and I'm not sure that, well, I mean, can't you just say that then it's a social thing for a guy to like? Oh, guys? Can I clear something up? You know what? You might be able to. In fact, uh, we've got one at least one call who wants to talk to you. Calls are all over the board. We will get to everybody. Uh, we're going to bring back uh, we're going to bring back Sadus in Kentucky. He is a self-professed veteran furry. If you've ever wanted to know anything about furries, there's one on the phone right now. 800 259 That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. It is, by the way, the live Saturday edition of the program, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. And the features, by the way, include the wiki with over 1,450 pages. 
all kinds of stuff there. It's the listener-editable version of our website, so you can go and change it to your heart's content. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. The new Zero Blaster shoots smoke rings 12 feet with a blue LED light to light them up. You can get a Zero Blaster, a Mega Blaster, or a Mini Blaster. Get your blaster at Zero Blaster, or excuse me, ZeroToys.com. That's ZeroToys.com. You were just uh, doing a little demonstrating yeah, here was, in the studio for if, the webcam. If you go to cam.freetalklive.com, next break I'll shoot some rings at shoot the some uh, rings at the camera at the camera it just for a, fun. It is a cool little thing. Yeah. I have yet to actually pull the trigger myself, so maybe I'll shoot a ring. It or makes two. a fun little noise too. Yeah, it does. All right. I don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> but anyway, 800-259-9231. Uh, you can, of course, again, join us at freetalklive.com. As we go back to the phones and to the fun, we've got a furry on the line. Self-professed veteran furry, been uh, been into the anthropomorphized animal scene for approximately six years. His name's Satis. He's on the line in Kentucky. Uh, now, Satis, you were telling us about uh, furries and what they're all about. It's uh, it's an interesting subculture that more people have become aware of within the last, oh, I don't know, seven years or so since the Internet's really become into, um, come into its own. And essentially, it's a group of, of adults and children uh, to a lesser extent, but mostly uh, adults who apparently are uh, of a gay persuasion or bisexual uh, that are interested in, and it's not just a sexual thing, but a lot of people definitely are interested in the sexual side of it. Uh, it, it's people that are really, their hobby is basically anthropomorphized animals, to put it uh, that way. Instead of ta- instead of calling it an obsession, as I did before, perhaps, maybe their hobby, uh, the, their thing is to have artwork, uh, to have uh, of anthropomorphized animals, animals that are that take on human-like characteristics, not just artwork, but also, I'm sure, some some level of animation, uh, also sur- suits, what they call fursuits, and not just yep. uh, full-on suits, but also you could go sort of lightweight and just have a tail, maybe some cat ears or something like that. Is that Am I accurate so far? I'm actually, I've actually uh, got commissioned a half-suit to be made, which is just head, uh, a big cartoony mascot head, uh, paws, front paws and hind paws, and a tail. Hmm. Now, you said you commissioned it to be made. Now, there are people within the world of the, the furry that actually do this for money, right? Yes. There's and actually a lot, to be money, a lot of money to be made. Uh, I actually do commissions sometimes on my uh, Fur Affinity account, which I draw some art, and I will sell it to you or trade it. So people will give you sort of their specifications, what they want to see, and then, then you'll draw that, basically. Yeah. Interesting. We've got people that, at, that, as you might imagine, have questions for you. So we're going to go right into the phone call, starting with Mark in Indianapolis, listening on WXNT. Hello, Mark. You're on with Satis, the furry. Um, yeah, you guys, uh, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not too impressed with this furry thing. This might have been a good week for some dumb sports crap to come and bump you guys off the air. Are you going to another subject soon? Well, this is Free Talk Live, so you can bring up whatever's on your mind. And did I'll, you have I'll a question for the furry? I want to hear some conspiracy theories. Well, we don't talk about conspiracy theories on this show, but if you want to talk about a conspiracy theory, you certainly can. Look, Mark, if you don't have a question for the furry, we'll put you on hold, we'll bring you back, and then you can talk about what you want. In the meantime, we're going to exhaust our calls for the furry. Uh, let's talk to Bob in Florida. Bob, you're on Free Talk Live with Satis, the furry. Hello, Bob. Hello, Ian. How are you? Hey, good, good. You're on with Satis. Uh, I have a question. Where in the world of furries do people who dress up their dogs and cats in, like, human clothes, like little raincoats. That's awesome. <laughs> or maybe, like, uh, at Halloween, a Halloween contest, uh, costume on their pets. 
and then walk them around the neighborhood. Where do those people fit into the furry world? I have not actually come across that. I don't believe that is part of it. Isn't it sort of the reverse, though? I mean, like, if if furries are humans that are interested in anthropomorphized animals, what are humans that are interested in making their animals look more human-like? Is there a difference there? Uh, I guess so. What would happen if at one of these furry conventions, 20 people walk through with their dogs dressed up as I don't know circus clowns. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, would they be would they be accepted or would they be shunned? Uh, imagine it's a hotel. I don't think they would be allowed in. Wait a minute! It's a hotel. They didn't anybody be allowed in unless you guys rented the whole place. At, this, at these hotels, do, do they have any? At these conventions, do they have any problems with furries not uh, using the, uh, the the restrooms like they're supposed to? Um, I have never come across that. Do you call people that are made uncomfortable by this whole uh, sexualized, anthropomorphized animal thing, do you call them furryophobes? Uh, we call them, uh, no, no we, we don't actually have a word for them, but we just, but we should start doing that. We should call them furryophobes. You know, I don't. I don't feel like the furries are uh, are a hateful group, Bob, uh, in Florida, who is, by the way, uh, my mentor, Bob Garrett. Oh, awesome! And um, <laughs> I, I don't think that they're a hateful group, are they? I mean, they're they're pretty accepting kind of a group, aren't they, Sadis? Yeah, we we're the, one of the most accepting groups in the world. If we weren't, then we'd be hypocrites. But a lot of people, a lot of people are. Uh, they have a lot of animosity towards the furries. Why do you think that is? Uh, I guess because they. It's different. People fear what they don't understand. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Bob, uh, do, you have, do, you, do you guys, like, get off on that fear then? I mean, is that kind of why you do that? Because you mentioned social deviance earlier. It kind of gives you guys a little excitement and thrill to know that people think that you guys are extremely strange and wrong. How is it strange and wrong? I'm not uh, saying it is. I'm saying that... The general public. I'm not making that assumption. Yeah. I'm saying that you can assume that most people think that it's a little bit weird and kooky. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, and and you, you know, mentioned social deviance, and I just was wondering. I mean, I think that's kind of – isn't that kind of it? Like this is just – it's better than getting a neck tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> well. Sounds a little stumped on that one. That. Sadist? Yeah. Go ahead with your point. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Um, I guess it, it is a good way to get a kick out of something. You know, it, it's you got to live life to the fullest, and you know, being different, you know, it, it sets us apart. It defines us. Are it, you a furry for the sake of being different? Are you a furry for the sake of uh, causing controversy? Or were you a furry because you really liked anthropomorphized animals? Or is it all of the above? I would say two of them. I like the anthropomorphic animals and. Uh, to be different. So, you, do you like to get a reaction? Is it, or is it there's just something about being different? Uh, I like reactions, but there's just something about being re- different too. Hmm. Okay, it's sort of in the line with when I was in high school. I used to wear a, a pentagram around my neck, and uh, it was just to get a reaction, just plain and simple. I didn't believe in Satanism or anything like that. I was an atheist, but a lot of other people are, were very frightened by it, and uh, you know, like yeah, I would, would have you? conversations, and they would just stare at the pentagram, for instance. Ian. Yes, Bob. 
Did you ever wear that pentagram to work? <laughs> I don't, <laughs> like I don't that recall. First, that, that job you had before I met you? Yeah, I'd, I, no, certainly not uh, not to Kmart or anything okay. like that. No. Hey, listen, the show is great. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, man. Bob. Good hearing from you, man. Thanks, 800-259-9231. Bob Garrett, my uh, radio mentor. You should have had him say, you're listening to Free Talk Live just for old learn the Learn the ropes from that, man. Uh, so, all right, Satis, we're about done here. We're going to Josh in Kentucky, though, first. Josh, you're on with Satis. Josh, in Kentucky, going yeah. once. Josh. Yeah, can you hear me? Hello, you're on with Satis, the furry. Okay, uh, first off, it's Satis with an F. No, F for furry. Okay, sorry, it was spelled status, and he never corrected me. So, uh, okay, fatus. Okay, All right, uh, secondly, I'm a real-life friend of fatus, and uh, we've recently met. Like, we were friends before we met, mm-hmm. and uh, we were hanging out last night, and I got to see his tail, and his tail is very, very cute. I just wanted to say that. And, Dear God, uh, take your word what has for happened it? to this show? I don't know, but thank you for the call, guys. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. All right, everybody's calls. They're getting on the air. Be patient. We will get to you, whether you're Fred or Jeremy or Fenris or Mark or whoever's on the line. Your call's on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Anything goes. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The live Saturday edition toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. And uh, by the way, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. It is that simple. You just start your shopping experience there. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click Join Us Today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. 1-800-259-9231. We had Fetus on the line, a furry, self-professed furry, someone who's really, really, really in to anthropomorphized animals, to the point where uh, he might get, for instance, artwork uh, all all over the place in his room, for instance, or uh, all over his computer, uh, really into artwork, doing his own, buying other people's, uh, going to conventions, getting dressed up in what they call fursuits. Now, there's also a sexual aspect to, uh, to being a furry, and of course, you might imagine it's a little strange sounding, but these people have uh, sexual encounters while dressed as anthropomorphized animals. And most of them are gay. And th- that's what he's telling us, yes. Uh, so we, uh, he's off the line, but we'll still take your calls on this and whatever's on your mind. Ladies first, Kathy in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. Hey, Kathy. Yes, hello. Hey, what's uh, on your mind? something I've never heard of. It's fascinating to me. I, I don't relate at all to it, but it's just fascinating. And as I was listening, I was going through my mind, uh, certain things were going through my mind, one of which is... Um, I've always thought animals were, were so so cool. Most of them are cooler than people, and I think most people, especially those who own pets, like their pets better than people. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, there are certainly well, families that have pets, and I, I'm pretty sure they probably like their kids more than their pets. But uh, my girlfriend and I, we don't have any kids, and I can't have kids because I've had a vasectomy, so we love our animals very much, and I can understand that. Oh, well, I, I might have said that a little bit wrong. Perhaps I mean just as far as communication, as far as, 
your best friend, somebody you can turn to. They don't judge. Yeah. If you if you've had if you're having a bad hair day. They don't you talk back. Mean? Pardon? They don't talk back. Well, that too. They don't talk, and I think that's <laughs> a big, huge part of it. Huge part of it. But but I don't kind of get it. Uh, I, I I'm still trying to wrap my mind around. That. It's fascinating, isn't it? It's certainly it a, an interesting subculture that really, I mean, there are a, a, a surprising amount of these people I don't think it's there. that, it, it's, it's not that hard to get, like, for, you know, different people like different stuff. Some guys want to see uh, their women dressed up like little Catholic schoolgirls. Yeah, okay. Um, some okay. of them want to see, uh, you know, gals dressed up in patent leather, and some guys want to see their guys dressed up in little fur animal suits. There are, yeah. I don't know. There are certainly more disturbing fe- uh, sexual fetishes out there than uh, than the furry fetish. Oh, yeah, sure. I think so, too. I just, um, I, I wonder, maybe some of it, some of those people perhaps aren't uh, sexually into that aspect of it. Maybe they just love animals. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure all that out. It's, I think but, it's, I mean, it's all of the above. I think that, uh, you know, obviously the conventions they're talking about, families are welcome, kids are there, so clearly there's not going to be any uh, sexual hanky-panky going on, at least out in the open. But I imagine there's all kinds of interesting things that go on in the hotel rooms after hours. Uh, can, only even, can only begin to imagine what that's all about. I, 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 well, I guess I cannot imagine. I, I, maybe I don't want to. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm but with you. I want to say something. I've listened to you guys for quite a few months. Um, are you on just one night a week? We are for now, uh, okay. though if you want that to change, I, I would suggest that you or anybody listening on any radio station contact their local station. And first off, thank the program director for airing Free Talk Live in the first place. And then secondly, ask them very nicely to air uh, more of the show because we do it six nights a week. You can, well, oh, in different uh, venues. Well, no, uh, we're a nationally syndicated show, so we're on, uh, you know, 30-something stations across the country. Okay. But some stations pick us up for the Saturday show, like uh, WXNT does, the station you're listening to in Indianapolis. Okay. And then some great. stations take all six nights, some stations just do weeknights. So it really just, it depends on what's working for, what works best for the station. And most of our uh, affiliates know that we're here for them if they need something uh, during the week. So it's, it's sort of like the Saturday show gets our foot in the door, if you will. And then listeners like you that really like what they hear, contact the station and let them know what they think. Okay, you guys are, are polite, articulate, uh, intelligent, etc. Your your screener is great. He was very very nice and funny. Well, and we like to you know we like to talk about interesting things. And of course, I find people to be absolutely fascinating. I can't stand the kind of talk radio with the political name dropping. The Hillary Clinton did this, and George, you know uh, uh, John Edwards did this, and Rush Limbaugh, and blah blah blah. I would have liked uh, it better if Fetus would have called in and uh, accused Hillary Clinton of, Hillary Clinton of being a, of being a, a, a furry. So. Maybe he saw her at a convention or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah. Good story. Kathy, to go thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you tonight, and hopefully you'll call the station and tell them thanks. 800-259-9231, because not all talk radio has to exist. It's like some of the people in the world of talk radio seem to think that talk radio has to exist in certain categories. Like it either has to be right or left-wing political stuff. or Which it, we aren't either. No, we're not either. Or it has to be like all pop culture hot talk. Just, yeah. you know, TNA, Britney Spears, that kind of nonsense. And or, or I guess the other side of that is maybe business talk or something like Sports. that. Sports. Sports talk. But really, I mean, there's something else out there, and that's this show. 800-259-9231. Let's go and talk this time to Fenris in Texas. Fenris, listening in uh, Second Life. Hello there. Hello. How are you? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Good. Yeah, earlier you mentioned, uh, you, earlier you mentioned uh, that, uh, that people have animosity towards furries. I mean, the reason I think that is simply because we react to it. The, the furries react. So you are a furry as well, is what you're saying. Yes, I am. 
Okay. Um, so, so it's it's once again those people that don't like the furries are trying to get a reaction, and they get it from the furries who get very upset. That sort of thing, Fenris. Exactly. I mean, if I mean if the majority of us just uh, if the majority of us ign- uh, ignore them, like uh, uh, like uh, like if we just didn't care, then they would uh, then it would uh, then it would stop. But that's the problem is uh, that uh, is that we create drama. We're entertainment. Hmm. So, um, Fenris, are are you gay too? Um, no, I'm straight. Really, a, a straight furry. Okay. Did, now, do you yes, find I, I just like uh, it's a rarity, but it happens. It okay. is rare. It's rare. I'm well, asking um, you, is it rare? Well, actually, I have some. I have some stats in front of me from a uh, from a site called Vizzy.com. God knows apparently, we couldn't live without that. Lay it on me. Apparently, a quarter of us are heterosexual. Another uh, quarter of us homosexual, and uh, uh, and fifty percent bisexual. So it doesn't wow. really matter as long as they're in a fursuit. suit. <laughs> actually, uh, actually, that's actually that's also something worth noting. Is uh, uh is fursuit is fursuiting is kind of exaggerated. Okay. What do you mean? Well, well, for example, well, for example, uh, for example, uh, have uh, has Anthrocon been mentioned yet? No, but he mentioned a different uh, convention. That's something one of the Chicago. other conventions, yeah. right? Anyway, yes, there's uh, there's a larger convention called Anthrocon. has uh, has about uh, has about uh, three thousand people attending. About two hundred of uh, about two hundred attendees uh, wore fursuits. Uh, so, uh, so since uh, so, uh, so so it's, so it's a fursuit owners are a minority amongst furries, is what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Is it fur- so? Like fursuit people are sort of the people that have taken the, their furriness to the maximum, basically, right? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to put it, I guess. Part and also, I, I imagine they're probably fairly expensive because, as he mentioned earlier, you have to have one commissioned. It's not like you can just go to a costume store and find one of these things. They're custom-made. So what would it cost to get a full fursuit? I mean, a custom-made fur- fursuit for you. Well, I've, well, I've seen many different prices. They can, uh, they can be as little as $300 and go up to 2000 sometimes hmm. even more. Wow. Depending on the intricacy and the material and that sort of thing. Yep. Interesting. Now, when did you get into the furry thing, and, and do you think, like the last caller, or the uh, the last furry that was on the line, that it has something to do with being exposed to a whole lot of cartoons as a kid? Um, well, I've been, well, I've been, I've been in the fandom since about 2002, and uh, yeah, that is part of the answer. Also, uh, uh, also, you can, also, you can get the interest through literature, like, uh, like Narnia, or... Hmm. Uh, or, e- or even comic books like uh, Art Spiegelman's Mouse. So, like a Narnia, where t- uh, young people are interacting with animals and able to yeah, speak to them and that sort of thing. And talking beavers and whatnot. Here's another aspect. We're short on time, but here's one other interesting aspect. Uh, have you come across the furries that believe they have like a sort of like the Indians used to think they've got sort of an animal alter ego, or some sort of uh, guide, animal guide? You know what I mean? Actually, yes. That's how I got into the fandom in the first place. Really. Yes. So, do you have an animal guide? Um, no. Oh. Well, how did that? How did you get into the fandom if that's not something you believe necessarily? Well, part of the re- part of the reason why you might have uh, might have worn that pentagram when you were in high school, because uh, uh, because there's uh, because there was something about it that uh, interested you, some sort of uh, some sort of um, romantic appeal, I guess. A romantic appeal. Uh, okay, that, okay, that's that's a poor way to put it. It, um, it tickles his interest. That's yeah. all. Okay, fascinating like, uh, stuff. Absolutely like, um, fascinating. Fenris, like, we're out uh, of time, my friend, but thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. How about that, Mark? This is you know free talk live. 
anything goes. One call rolls into the beginning of an hour. We spend an hour talking with people about this uh, fascinating I think I'm a furry subculture in America called the furry. More on the way, including the Los Angeles Police Department. Serious issue. They're going to map the Muslims. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we launch in hour number two, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. As we go right into the phone calls to start things out, it is the show about your calls. Let's talk to Fred in Colorado. Fred, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey there, guys. Um, I'm having a hard time hearing the music, so let me know if I go if I ramble on too long. First, oh, of all. you'll be all right. What's on your mind? Okay, great. Um, actually, Fred is my internet name and radio show call-in name. My real name is Steve McDuffie, and I am the U.S. House of Representatives uh, c- candidate for the Libertarian Party in Colorado District 3. That's and, nice. Uh, yeah, I'm a real-life candidate. In fact, I'm the only candidate uh, right now uh, that's challenging John Salazar, Democrat. And Nobody um, really knows I, who that is, but what about it? Uh, uh, well, what I'm calling for is that I'm, I'm probably going to get uh, uh, interviewed by a Christian radio show here pretty soon, and I'm an atheist. Uh, I'm not an anti-theist. Um, yeah, I know. You're not a what, uh, atheist? Uh, well, I'm an atheist, but I'm not an anti-theist, which is a term that I've heard bandied about. It's, you know, the, the angry at God guy or the angry at religion guy right. who hates Christians and so forth. So you don't have a chip um, on your shoulder. You're not trying to, uh, you're not one of those precisely. atheists that wants to convert. Like, you're not like a proselytizing atheist. There are those exactly. out there, not very many of them, though. Right, and, and you mostly find them online because they, they usually shut their mouth when they're in polite <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, but at any rate, uh, I do. Um, I, I actually have some positions that you know should appeal to uh, Christian conservatives, at least Christian uh, libertarians. I would think uh, one of which is I believe that Roe v. Wade should be overturned and it should be passed back down to the states. Uh, even though I'm uh, personally pro-choice. Now wait, are uh, you running you know, for uh, U.S. House of Representatives or, or that, state that's house? That's right, U.S. House. U.S. House. Okay. And um, and. The uh, the thing is, is that I was just wondering if you guys had any advice on how how to talk to uh, to Christian folks who are of a liberty mindset. What sort of things? What benefits does libertarian have? You know, you know what I mean when I when I talk to these guys. And also, uh, you had a guy that called into your show the other day. You called him the Christian anarchist. Yes. And I wondered if I could leave my contact information at, with somebody at the show, and maybe he could call in. And call me we can have can the have uh, we can have the uh, the board op take that information off the air, but he's online on our bulletin board system as Christian anarchist. So if you go to bbs.freetalklive.com, you can just find him that way and send him a private message. Uh, but in oh, regards great. to your question okay. about getting on a Christian radio show as a libertarian atheist candidate for office, now do you know that these Christian hosts are of a liberty mindset, or are they just are you completely going in blind? What do you know about them? It's uh, um, it's. It's, I'm kind of going in blind right now. I'm going to do some research on their site. Uh, I would I would guess that, I mean, just a wild stab in the dark, that they're probably, you know, rah, 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 go, George Bush, go. 
but that's only because, you know, we're so used to, you know, Christians backing Bush and the neocons on everything mm-hmm. they've ever done. Uh, well, but, you know, my wife's a Christian, and she's not like that in any sense. And then, of course, you have uh, writers like Lawrence M. Vance, who I really appreciate on Lou Rockwell, is one of my favorite columnists. Well, one of the things that I, I have a tendency, because, you know, Christians call in uh, to this show, and they're very concerned about uh, liberty and, and the idea of voting for a candidate that would legalize prostitution and drugs and, and things right. like that. And first, like what I generally say to them is, look, God gave Adam and Eve a choice. He wanted us to have choices. He understood mm-hmm. that one can't be uh, can't be good, can't be holy, can't be uh, doing the right thing if they're not given a choice. It's as not to what... virtuous right. if you don't choose it. Right. right. It's not virtue if you don't choose it. Um, whereas... You know, and it would it would be it would be the devil, in fact, that would want to force you to do something, whereas God wants to give you choices. So that's hey, that's that's, a, that's, that's how you would approach point. it if uh, if the, the the freedom to do drugs issue came up. And of course, inevitably, if you're a libertarian, it's probably you know you can count that that may be brought up at some point. Now, do they right, know that right. you're an atheist, or is that something that's relatively hush hush as far as the public is concerned? Well, it's it's not that I'm hiding it. It's just that it's not come up yet. But if if bluntly asked, I will bluntly answer. You don't have you a blog I mean? out there, but it's not on your campaign website. It's not on your blog necessarily. You know, atheist. Exactly right. Okay, yeah. that's good. And, and I agree I'm with you. It's not something that you want to tout from the rooftops. But at the same time, if it comes up, you certainly don't want to be dishonest about it. No, no doubt about right, that. Right, precisely. Yes. Uh, a little farther, if I, um, if, if if you care to take this line of reasoning out a little farther, is I often uh, say that Jesus came to uh, to get rid of the Pharisees, the people that would do exactly what they're currently doing in our um, government, which is taking their religion, forcing it on other people, forcing them to do things. Jesus came to stand against those people. You know, that's a good point. You see, and the thing that I was, I was just having a conversation today, and I was taking a more secular viewpoint talking to this guy, and I, I was telling him, you know, you can't legislate uh, morality into existence. You can't legislate good sense into existence. You can't legislate uh, good grades into existence. So why even bother trying? If you try to do it, uh, it's just going to end up uh, turning into a big uh, big mess anyway. So why, why even bother trying to do it? You know, you mentioned good grades, and that made me think of another issue that's probably very near and dear to uh, to Christians, and that is the whole Bible in the schools thing. Uh, obviously, right. there are a lot of Christians and other people of other religions, uh, but you know a lot of Christians that believe that society has gone downhill because the Bible has left the schools. Now, right. I believe that the problem is government schools, um, mm-hmm. not necessarily having anything to do with the Bible, but they believe that the Bible is the issue. And what you can, of course, point out is, as a you know, as a liberty-minded person, you don't think the government should be involved in educating kids. Period. And in fact, if right. we get the government out of education, then we'll have a true free market in education, and then you know, Christians can have their schools with as much Bible and and a religious-based content in the curriculum as they want to. Not to mention, not to mention that. And, um, and, and you know, and I started out actually as a Democrat. I was born and raised a Democrat. And um, the thing is, is that. It, I, you know, for a long time, I, I was getting pulled towards libertarianism, but it was the public schools was one of those issues. You know, you know how it goes. How else sure. are we going to educate the children? Right. And and it was that issue uh, that that finally 
did it for me because it occurred to me that if we had a free market and education, who in the world would care if there was under God in the pledge, if there was Ten Commandments posted in the classroom, nobody, and there was uh, prayer in schools, nobody who in would. The world would care? And, and not only would uh, not only would a free market and education allow the Christians to have whatever level of religious content in their school curriculum they wanted to, but it would also allow them to not have to worry about other content that they would find objectionable, like sex, sex education, education and homosexuality and that sort of thing. Right, and and the, for the for the yeah for the six uh, six day young earth creationist you know the the whole evolution thing instead of sure. going down and having having this perennial battle with the uh, with the the scientists and right. the, the secularists because that's what government does. Issue. Government one of the things it does best is it takes interest groups and it pits them against one another. So right, which is sort of the prayer in school issue is because if they if if you allow prayer in school. You don't get to control what kind of prayer it is. Right. What if, what if it's um, a Muslim prayer right, one what day? What if a Muslim prayer, Hindu prayer, Catholic prayers, uh, you know, Protestant prayers, depending on what it is that you are, and, and right. you know, uh, Protestants would be very offended with the idea of praying to uh, Mary. And sure. that is not far out of the realm of possibility in some communities. Well, because if it's government, then it has to play, f- at least it has to pretend to play fairly with everybody. So if it's going mm-hmm. to allow one group to pray, then it has to allow everybody else to pray. And again, that's going to be something that's going to make the Christians uncomfortable as well. So hopefully that gives you a few things to chew on there. Well, it certainly does. And, and one thing that you, when you were talking about praying to Mary, it reminded me of a statement that I heard at uh, one of the Libertarian Party conventions where uh, a guy was saying that uh, the separation of church and state in Utah is precisely two city blocks. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> <laughs> that means there's a lot of churches there, I guess, Yeah. Utah. Hey, dude, good luck tomorrow. And, hey, one other thing you might want to look for is I know there's some essays and lots of posts about this because there's, there's a lot of Christian libertarians out there. Uh, I know right, that yeah. there's oh, stuff. Gary North also comes to mind too. Another columnist. There's Gary some good North. stuff at LouRockwell.com, no doubt about it. Uh, but look, take a look around for articles that uh, that link Jesus with libertarianism, because the Christian religion is all about Jesus, right? So you want to talk right. about how Jesus was a libertarian, and that could be persuasive as well. Thanks for the call, dude, and good luck with your Thank interview. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. By the way, I I, I sympathize with his position. I, I or empathize, I guess. I, I'm an atheist myself. Mark, you are a deist. You yeah, something like a, that. Yeah, I don't know. Sort of. Yeah, yeah, just I believe there's a God. 800-259-9231. Though that doesn't mean that it's a singular monotheistic style God. It could be like a you know God of the universe kind of God, right? Yeah. All right, 800-259-9231. You bring up anything. Los Angeles Police Department is preparing to map Muslims. What does that mean? Nothing what does good. that mean for your freedom? This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. The live Saturday edition toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The feature's there for free, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show... Never fear. They're right there on the front page of the website. An entire year's worth of them for free. You just go and click and download. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you five, seven bucks a month. We give it away. Freetalklive.com. Are you having trouble getting the restful sleep your body desperately needs? Before you reach for addictive pills, try the Sleep Generator. It's a CD that uses scientifically engineered audio frequencies that interact with the human brain in such a way that almost forces quick, safe, and non-addictive sleep. So if you're really having trouble falling asleep, go to HighSpeedSleep.com. Remember, for deep, restful sleep, it's HighSpeedSleep.com. Let's go right into the phone calls. Talk to John in Michigan, listening on WTKG in Grand Rapids. Hello. 
Hello. Hey, John, what's on your mind? Well, uh, I heard you mention the free market earlier, and I find it interesting that you mentioned just to let the free market take control of schools. Um, yeah. The free market deregulation uh, would bring less opportunity for people to afford uh, educations that other people have uh, opportunity to uh, afford, of course. Well, hold on just a uh, second. Can I can I give you a couple of examples on how that's not true? Well, yes, the, Mark, the you can. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Um, have you heard of, like, Kaiser College and University of Phoenix? Uh, those are universities. I'd like to talk about, like, the elementary... Uh, right. And, I uh, understand. School, what, but do you, you do understand that, that things are a little less regulated in um, on the college and university side, and therefore... Well, course, as they should be. What's that? As they should be. Right. Yeah. Uh, you, you're, you're not trying to make connections between what we currently have. I'm not forced by the... Um, point of a gun or the the threat of taking my house away to pay for universities, or at least not nearly as much as I am for local public schools, government schools. Correct. So that's the um, example I'm trying to make is there's more competition in the university area, so therefore it's driven prices down for people that want more specialized um, uh, degrees. Uh, the, like rate, the rate of uh, tuition increases by at least 7% a year. Well, so that's I why universities how... are a bad example. That's when you're talking about state universities. First of all, it's a bad example, Mark, um, because of the fact that there is so much government involvement in universities. It would be a better example to say, you know, well, people can afford laptops now, they, more so than they ever could 10 years ago, and that's because there is very little regulation of the computer field, and competition does the same thing in the computer field as it does anywhere else, is it brings products, uh, you know, brings us lower prices, better quality, better customer service, more availability, and, uh, you know, just it keeps getting better year after year, whereas with government involvement well, in education, it keeps getting worse uh, year after year. Well, well to, to talk about the better products and whatnot with computers and deregulating things, uh, the computers have uh, uh, more to, there's no check for the toxins. Uh, we just had the iPods released with uh, toxic PVC dust on, on the headphones. Uh, we've got lead toys. Uh, deregulation is only good in certain areas. Um, I mean, do you want the free market to end up with, with a situation like uh, the book The Jungle? Uh, labor is <laughs> it's always the jungle. You guys love bringing that stuff up, don't you? You know, the jungle is okay, a fiction book, right? Forget the jungle. Forget okay. the jungle, then. All right, let's talk about the deregulation. Let's talk, let's of, talk uh, about uh, E. coli for a second. Alone. Now, hold on. Let's talk about E. coli. We have the FDA out there doing inspections, right? How come we've had these rash of food poisoning, you know, E. coli coming yeah. up in food? I mean, Where's if my government government's protecting, protecting, if, uh, protecting us, if it's so good at doing this protection crap that it's supposed we, to be doing, instead of just stamping a label on things and saying, oh, it's good for you, don't worry about it. I say that it's government regulation, in fact, causes people harm because they believe that things are going to be safe. No, de deregulation that has occurred under the current administration and reducing the amount of products checked, so you get more E. coli. Ah, uh, see, it's all the administration's right. Are you fault, telling Mark? me people didn't get food poisoning under the Clinton administration? Is that what you're saying? Of course. I'm not making a broad brush generalization. Here. Good, because right. it'd be a poor one. I'd like to point something out here, and, and you can the continue. housing market, the deregulation of the savings and loan process that, that happened in the past six years 
resulted in our market and our dollar tanking right now. No, sorry. <laughs> That's not the no, no. The, the the problem with the dollar tanking is the um the war and printing too many dollars to uh, fund this uh, nonsense overseas. The the problem inside the housing market is that banks were making mistakes and loaning to people that couldn't pay. Do you understand? And why is that? Because we took away the regulations. Do you think the government prevents mistakes? Loan. Do you think the government no, prevents not, mistakes? Not necessarily. Uh, we're what difference loans, does it make then, to you? To you personally, what difference does it make if a bank makes a mistake in lending to someone? Well, that's that's their responsibility, of course. But Good. at the same time, at the same time, though, if you just let the free market do what it wants, it's going to take advantage of people for the bottom line. And I don't think you understand, uh, uh, sir, itself, John. Yeah. I don't think you understand how the free market works. And your historic examples well, are slavery. Come your, on, your historic free examples market, are unregulated. Unregulated uh, free market back from the uh, thousand years till uh, just the uh, Civil War brought us slavery. Oh please, are you think slavery? Hold on a Slavery is going to come back if the government goes Wait away. Are you act? Are you trying to to make people believe that there weren't governments around when slavery was around, sir? Slavery course, was backed up by laws were, that were enforced were in by government people. Yeah, and they were all for business and for no regulation because okay. it was all about. There, there's your your error in thinking. I got it now. You think business that the, is the, evil. You think that um the that when businesses get the government to do things, that that's the free market, and that is the opposite of the free market. That's fascism. Okay. Right, when, right, right. But it's the market having the freedom to tell the government what to do. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, right. It's a business picking up a tool like a gun. That's a so, business right. owner, not the marketplace, right. sir. The the biz, the government <laughs> itself is too powerful. The government's the problem. We propose to get the government out of business, not right. bring it into See, the, um, the arena so that business can use the government against right. people. Without the government power. I'm not saying that it has to be like a domination uh, to the point of stifling. There needs to be a balance, of course. No. And that that's, that's no, there's balance, balance signs, sounds nice, but when you have balance, um, you know, you're, you're proposing just a little bit of tyranny. Right. In the marketplace, the consumers yeah. are the ones that provide the balance. See, you act as though if there's no government around that, the that businesses... Now, hold on, I'll make a point, you can respond. Okay, okay. Uh, when You act as though that if there's no government around, then the businesses are just going to run roughshod all over their customers and employees, and it's not true. If there's, uh, if there's a free market, then that means anyone is free to compete at any time. And, and therefore, those businesses want those dollars. Right. And those businesses, as, gr as greedy as they might be, can only make money if they satisfy their customers, whereas today, and satisfy their employees as well, whereas today, when there's government around, then the businesses can go to government and get special favors and get, uh, you know, granted, uh, you know, benefits and licenses, that sort of thing, so that protection. Licensing I, agree. Is I agree with you that there's a, a welfare state for corporations and businesses and that that should be eliminated. But the thing with uh, letting business run rampant is that the consumer is at the mercy of the information held with within the companies about the safety of the products, about the testing. Look There's at no... The, what are you talking the, the, the about? Have you ever heard of underwriters' laboratories? Uh, there those laboratories, yeah, but then uh, the corporations come out with a thousand other studies that try to contradict. A study I don't think you understand how. Contradict. I don't think you have any fa any uh, understanding or grasp on how it is that uh, com companies actually protect consumers instead of putting them in danger. And we'll explain more of that on the way. Thanks for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. He's he acts like without government we'd all be just destroyed by these companies, and it's absurd. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? 
You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. Take a look, see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. The silver liberty dollar is as beautiful as the ideals it represents. It's America's second most popular currency with over 20 million liberty dollars in circulation and with over 100,000 people using it on a daily basis. Go to libertydollar.org. Stop using their money. Start using the Liberty Dollar and return America to value one dollar at a time. LibertyDollar.org. And it's interesting um, that we just happen to read the Liberty Dollar spot because we just got off the phone with a gentleman in in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, listening on WTKG, John, who was just all just full of all kinds of misinformation about the marketplace, what the free market really is, uh, the government and regulation, keeping people safe, the dollar and why it's the dollar's failing. Totally understandable why um, you know people are confused because we think that we have a free market in the United States, and, and we don't, and we don't have anything like a free market, and it's it, totally understandable why he doesn't trust business. You know, because businesses have used government influence, um, you know, whether it's in licensure to keep uh, out people who, you know, otherwise would be competing with, competing with them, whether it's to uh, get themselves, uh, you know, corporate welfare, mm-hmm. what, whatever way that the businesses have used government to force people to support them. Well, that's not fair either. Right. He's not looking at it with the correct perspective, and there are a lot of things I'd like to correct. He gave out a whole lot of misinformation. I want to go over a couple of important things. But the first part about the businesses and the scary things, you know, oh, the lead poisoning, oh, the E. coli, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, those things happened today with government regulation, and there were things that happened in the Clinton administration, the Reagan administration. There's always been some bad things that have occurred in the world of business, but the reason why those things got your attention was because they were newsworthy. Right. The reason why they were newsworthy is because it's very rare that something awful and you know calamitous like that, like an E. coli outbreak or uh, the lead paint thing, it's very rare that things like that happen in the world of business. Because 99.9% of the time, businesses are satisfying their customers. Right. Businesses they're making them happy. Offering... They're providing them with uh, products and right. services that they want to have. On a daily basis to millions of people buying billions of products in this country and around the world. So most all of the time, things go quite smoothly with business and with transactions, but nobody gets credit for that. Businesses don't get, they're, no, they're never given credit when things go smoothly and things go right. It's always the attention and the negativity that comes out when somebody makes a mistake or somebody screws up with a you know, business transaction or you know, the, the lead paint, that sort of thing. Right. And, so it and, and it's not like of, the lead paint hurt anyone. No. It was just caught. You know, right. like there was lead paint and some stuff, which we managed to make it a long time with lead and paint. Now, I'm not saying that you should have, you know, give toys made out with lead paint on them to your kids or anything like that, but it's probably not the most dangerous thing that happened to uh, a child that week. 
Right. And and that brings me to uh, the next point, and that was about how he was concerned that if it weren't for government regulation, then these businesses would be selling inferior products. They'd be, uh, you know, putting our lives at risk, putting our health at risk, that sort of thing. And just to make a buck, right? Because mm-hmm. if you put somebody's health at risk, then you might make more money because A lot whatever. of products, and most products, there's more products and services that cause people injury that the government regulates than UL um, United Laboratory, um, United Underwriter, Underwriters Laboratory, excuse me, um, rates. I mean, they have very a very good record. Uh, Consumer Reports has a very good record of giving people information of of you know rating products. Right. And it's all done with the free market. But it wait, doesn't now, need to be done now, by the government. Now the uh, the regulation the, the the person who is in favor of regulation is going to say, Mark. Nobody, no consumer can possibly know all of the information about – I mean, you say consumer reports, but most people don't have the time. They don't have the ability to go and do all this research. How are – how is the marketplace going to keep those people safe, the ones that don't have the time to go and read consumer reports and to make sure – I mean, they could be – their house could burn down from a, a faulty uh, device if they don't know what they're getting into. Well, the the way that they would do it, the marketplace would come up with rating systems just like, um, you know – the the currently we have uh, government agencies the USDA the FDA all kinds of agencies that that have no uh, they, they, nothing bad happens to them if they poorly rate a product if mm-hmm. they if they do a bad job in regulating things you know nothing bad happens to the government if uh, somebody gets food poisoning but the FDA says that everything's all oh, this foods uh, FDA approved nothing bad happens to them but sure. something bad would happen if you know free talk live gave out the golden ftl of approval people would say holy crap F- the golden ftl of approval isn't really any good <laughs> um if a, you know if everybody's getting food poisoning from stuff that we've given a Stamp to right, then there our reputation goes down the drain. That's one side of things, and certainly there would be more reputation. Uh, reputation would be more important uh, without the government around. But I wanted to talk about what really exists right now today that keeps consumers safe. It's not government regulation. It's the marketplace. The people operating, the business owners, the people that the same business owners that you think are so greedy and evil are the ones that are also keeping you safe. Okay, and I can explain it briefly and easy, uh, easy to understand. Go to your kitchen, find an appliance, blender, toaster, something like that, something you can easily manipulate, flip over, that sort of thing. Look underneath, look for the you know manufacturing information, and look for the UL lo- logo. I'm sure you've seen it before. Anybody who's ever looked at a product has seen this before. It may not have clicked. You may not have understood what you were looking at. But there's the U, uh, there's the UL logo. There's the ETL logo. These are two different logos, different companies, but they both do similar things. ETL and UL are independent testing organizations. And what happens is, if you, for instance, Mark, wanted to go into business and sell blenders, Mark's Blender Service. God knows uh, that's Mark's, what I've always dreamed of doing. Right, Mark's blenders. Uh, you go in, you design yourself a blender, and let's just say it's the most wonderful blender. You get a little volcano action in I there. I think so. It's really exciting uh, when you watch it blend. And so you want to get that blender to marketplace. You found somebody who's willing to manufacture it for you, and uh, then you go ahead and you manufacture a prototype. Yep, sure enough, it works. And you want to get it onto the shelves of the stores because you don't want to go and, you know, sell it infomercial style. I mean, you could do it that way. But let's say you want to get it onto the shelves of stores like Walmart. I mean, if you can get a, a product in Walmart, yeah. it's going to sell unless it's absolutely awful. Sure is. Uh, so 
what you need to do is you approach Walmart, you approach their, uh, their buyers, because they have high-level people that make decisions about what they put on their shelves. You approach their buyers and you say, hey, I have this new blender. I'm trying to sell it. I'd like to sell it at your store. The first thing they're, one of the first things they're going to ask you is, do you have UL certification? Yeah. It's going to be right on that first piece of paper that they give you. If you don't have UL certification, you just might as well turn around and find the front say door. Say goodnight, Gracie. Right, because they don't want to put inferior products. Now, your product might be good. It might be good, but they don't know, and Walmart doesn't have its own testing division to find out. So Walmart trusts United Laboratories, or ETL, and you know, there are different organizations, but UL. They have organizations that it's their job to test products. They test them to make sure they're safe, to make sure they're wired correctly, so something's not, you know, you flip your toaster on, it's not going to catch fire. They, they make sure that these products are solid state, they make sure they're quality, they make sure they're not crap that, that's going to put you at risk or put you in danger. That's what they do. And they make sure that the products do what they claim as well. So, they, uh, so then, what you'd want to do then is you'd go to UL or the other testing organizations and you'd say, hey, I need this product to be certified. You send it into UL with whatever the fee is. It's going to cost you something because sure. they spend time on this. It's going to cost you something if you get uh, government ratings, too. Right. That Energy Star crap isn't free. So, um, so what you it's do a bunch you, of bunk, but it's not free. Yeah, you send the product to United Lab, uh, Lab, Underwriters Laboratories. Excuse me. They do the testing, and if it doesn't pass, well, you don't get their stamp. If it does pass, you are then allowed to put, your, to, to put the UL logo on your product. And at that point, then your product becomes marketable in the retail channel. And then you can make money off of it. These are the things that go on. Just one example of the protections that the marketplace provides consumers. Without any government regulation, government doesn't mandate that anyone uh, go to UL to, uh, to get their products approved. This is the marketplace acting on its own to keep consumers safe. That's one example. I've never worked in the, uh, the, the food industry, for instance, so I don't know what their practices are like. If you've worked in a grocery store and you want to tell us some of the things that you do behind the scenes that most customers don't know about that helps keep customers safe, I'd love to hear that. 800-259-9231. The Free Market Works. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The live Saturday edition. Toll-free number for you. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website. FreeTalkLive.com. The place to go. The features there for free. If you like the show, then go and shop at store.freetalklive.com. If you shop at the store, you'll find all kinds of neat Free Talk Live branded merchandise and even some other things that we just thought were pretty cool that we wanted to sell to you. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. You'll learn how to get the free Free Talk Live bumper sticker. Had somebody send in an envelope. It's basically a self-addressed envelope. I had someone send one in today, so they'll be getting their bumper sticker. You could get yours. Store.freetalklive.com. Hey, do you need a new computer but don't seem to have the money or credit to buy one? MyPCCredit.com is your answer. Finance top-quality new computers, laptops, and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks and no turndowns. If you're 18 years or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Prices start from $22 a month, so go to MyPCCredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's MyPCCredit.com. As we go right back into the phone calls, talk to George in Michigan, listening on WTKG in Grand Rapids. Yeah, um... The thing with the free market that that other caller and you have been talking about is quite interesting. Uh, how would you explain uh, what a 
no regulation would have done for the tobacco industry. We'd all be still smoking cigarettes. Uh, do you really think that it was um, like, you know, what politicians have a tendency to do is find a parade and jump out in front of it? I mean, every time you have a parade for anything, you'll find some politician wa- sitting in some car waving away. Did the politician put that parade on or did the people put that parade on? Well, you know, it was the power of the tobacco industry to influence the minds of the consumer. And I think all corporations through media control and advertising have the power to the, influence the thought. Of you the don't consumer. think that people were finding out that people were getting lung cancer and dying and saying, hey, that, that uh, cigarette stuff's not good for you. Maybe we better stop. Not until government came in and investigated and uh, found that it was otherwise. So you uh, believe that people wouldn't be able to control themselves and adjust their own lifestyles and consuming habits if it weren't for some government regulatory agency out there somewhere? Not in, not in every case, but in some cases uh, it is helpful for government to, to be in the midst of uh, the process. Uh, now, if the free market had total control and it's free choice to do as it pleases. Uh, jobs would uh, go overseas as they're doing now. How would you explain? Uh, I disagree. I think that, in fact, the jobs would not go Where overseas. Where are the jobs going? Well, 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 I can tell you why the, the jobs are going overseas. is because of government regulation, sir. Right. See, what happens is the government puts on... Sorry? No, it's regulation. Um, and here's why. Because we have so many um, union interests that have you know, influence with the government that you know, they're able to enforce what they want. And therefore, you know, businesses say, look, I can get a heck of a lot cheaper deal by going to China or where, wherever it is that they go. So they say, I don't need to be here. It's not just unions, though, Mark. It's also regulations like OSHA mm-hmm. and all these other uh, just nonsense in health uh, health inspections. It's too expensive to do business. Away with protections for for uh, employees. Uh, uh, make sure that the that the companies and businesses have a right to. Uh, find the lowest common denominator in terms of pay for their do employees. Do you believe, sir, that, uh, that people, that, uh, p- that people, your neighbors, are just total idiots and uh, basically just children and they should be treated as such? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. So then why is it then that an employee can't go and decide for themselves where they're going to work based on a variety of factors, based on proximity and uh, comfort and air conditioning or whatever it is they're looking for in a job? There's so many positions for so many people, and some people don't have the opportunity. You're coming up in the work environment. The opportunity? There's only so many positions available. There's only so many companies to be filled. But what does that have to to do with safety? Yeah. Safety. Well, OSHA is regulation that makes sure that I don't get uh, uh, a crippling uh, tendonitis in my wrist or whatever you want to call that. All kinds of things. That's like absurd, that. sir. That's absurd. What OSHA does oh, is it just, comes just in let with people ex- wear unprotective masks and inhale uh, whatever fumes uh, because the business. Are you telling me that you think a business would requ- um, require people to not wear masks? <laughs> it, it depends. OSHA has. Uh, protected the health of people, and it took years of battling with people who don't believe that chemicals hurt people and unenvironmental people that don't believe that chemicals have any effect. Come on. We have to... Sometimes you have to force people to say, hey, this is a hazard. No, no, you right don't. And here's why you don't look, have to force people. You know, you know there's currently you states, you know, there's currently states that, um, that have you know, made it so that uh, motorcyclists don't have to wear helmets? 
that, that, that has nothing to do with business. It, well, it's, we're it's talking about safety. Business. You're talking about safety, and it, and it has everything to do with safety. And that's it, the thing. Yes, I do think that people should be able to make their own cho- own choices. I know that if you um, have a wreck on a motorcycle and you don't have a helmet on, that your chances are of your head getting squashed like a grape are higher. But if somebody chooses to do just that, I think that that's fair, that they should be able to make that decision. And also, and so I, don't so you, from do you sometimes... I doesn't believe that a, that a compound's toxic and another company that does believe it's toxic. Now, uh, uh, come on. Well, Right. Some companies may or may not believe that. I absolutely um, I would agree that that's true. But do you think that those companies would make it so that their employees aren't allowed to wear masks? Not aren't allowed. They just might not make them. Oh, they uh, might not force them to wear masks. The requirement. Is, would you, you know, would you force people to wear seatbelts? Uh, does it bring down? I'm uh, asking you. It's a yes or no question. Uh, it, it, you know, it kills some people. Yeah, when they're doing 120. Look, I'm just I'm just making the point. You said, does it save lives? And in fact, I know people that have died, or I I know people that know that had relatives that died because they were strapped in. Would you force people to wear helmets? I wouldn't force people to do that because that is something that is done in the privacy of their own private vehicle, and that there's a difference between the privacy well, so, so of your own. My my business own, isn't mine privately. You know, my business isn't private, mine privately. You are a pri- you have sovereignty while you're at. A business, and you have a right to liberty and safety while you're at your place of work. And if the and if the business doesn't have the respect for human dignity, somebody needs to step in and no, say, hey. no. Here's what needs to happen: if the business doesn't have respect for human dignity, people need to not work there. That's all. In the marketplace, there are there's competition, and you they can go and work for I'll the competitor. I'm sorry. I'll just go to China, where they I'll just. Send all my jobs and my business and my manufacturing to China, where they don't give a crap. About that's fine. Then anybody. go ahead and do that. You you do understand that's, that's, that's what's happening, that's right? That's the free market that, that's happening right now. So that's how how would you propose, right how would you propose to use government to stop companies from leaving the United States? I would because uh, you've overregulated them. Regulate the the tax laws, the business laws, and I would try to foster an environment of pro growth. Uh, protection protection protect jobs protect the you know Abraham Lincoln said that labor is uh, prior to and independent of capital capital is the only uh, Abraham Lincoln was fruit of labor Abraham okay. Lincoln was a sick man dude so uh, you know bringing oh, yeah, up yeah, him he was sick you know free, yeah. free the slaves yeah, no yeah. he didn't free the he slaves come on free the slaves he didn't uh, sign the Decla- the, uh, the emancipation yeah. proclamation until two years after the Civil War and that was only was still dealing with obstructionists in the Congress so at that apparently time. it had nothing to do with free, freeing the slaves right it had to do with establishing I mean, a federalist uh, system and the Emancipation Proclamation sure that promised states that if they returned to the Union, that they would be allowed to continue having slaves. Is that okay? Wait, wait, so Abraham I, Lincoln sorry, didn't free any you damn slaves. You learned everything you know go about look, Abraham. Go read the Emancipation Proclamation. You learned everything you know about Abraham Lincoln in your government high school education class or your college. He happened to be uh, president when um, the Civil War was won. You know, I mean, what he did he was to kill a bunch of his countrymen. Yeah, that's what he did. Now, and, aside oh, from okay. that. So, so, if, so if Abraham Lincoln didn't take the steps that he took, we'd still have people working for free. Wait a minute. Do you really believe that? Out of your mind, <laughs> sir. 
in every <laughs> other country in the world, every other country, George, George, hold on a second, George, look, George, fact is, no other country had a war over slavery. The, and slavery doesn't exist in most countries. I mean, every country, including does, say the Sudan, right. only, only in China for a dollar a day or a dollar. It's not year. slavery. See, that's such that's ludicrous. Look, you'll make less than that working on the farm. People choose to work in, um, you know, factory conditions in China for a reason. They come to work every single day. Right. They're Would you propose their, to not let them have the, the freedom to go to work? Allows, their government allows businesses to take advantage of their It's citizens. not taking advantage, sir. They're choosing voluntarily they to work there. They have a less mature, oh, yeah, they yeah. Have a less mature they have industrial no market than we do. do they, have? they have the choice to stay on the farm and, you know, do farm work all day. And they've chosen to go work in factories, just like many Americans chose to work in factories in the 1800s in the early part of the 20th century. See, Get an education. Socialists simply don't understand about immature markets and mature markets. He, he thinks that somehow China can um, regulate the crap out of their industries like we do ours. There wouldn't be any business over there if they did that. Right, and he thinks that somehow the economy in China is on the same level as the economy here and that, you know, a dollar here is the same as a dollar over there. It's just not the case. More on the way. Hour 3 is coming up. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, launching into hour number three of the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are for free. So enjoy those on us again, freetalklive.com. We go right to the phone calls here. Ladies first, it's Becky calling from Keene, New Hampshire, listening on WKBK. Hey, Becky. Hi, you guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, You guys were talking about corrupt cops in Connecticut last week. Sure, there's always some new corrupt cop story, whether it's Connecticut or New Hampshire or California. They're all over the place. Well, Wherever there's just power. to prove that it's true, I used to live in a small town in Connecticut. My uncle was a cop. My cousin was the local pot dealer. <laughs> Wait, your my cousin uncle... meaning your uncle's son or daughter? No, my uncle's nephew. Gotcha. Okay, different cousin. Got it, got it. Yeah, okay. different cousin, same side of the family. Got it. My uncle was my cousin's best customer. Oh boy! Really? Yeah. And you I'm surprised you... he uh, had to pay. <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> that you know. I mean, I'm, if he's a, a, a big cop in town, well, he should have is, he access to the evidence room. He used to bust and collect his stuff, and not only that, he used to buy it too. Hmm. Amazing. So you actually saw some of these transactions go down. You have personal oh, knowledge. Oh God, no! Mm-hmm. I heard it from the cousin. I see. I see. Very and I've seen the uncle stoned out of his mind. Hmm. Wow, and he's still a cop? No, long since retired. Right, but he was doing this while he was on the force. He was doing it while in the uniform, yes. Sure, sure. And I've known, uh, I've known a handful of cops that, uh, you know, when I knew them before they were cops, they smoked marijuana, and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, some of them might have stopped, but. I don't know if all of them did when they be uh, when they became cops, and it's not just the the consuming of marijuana. The corruption goes much more, uh, you know, much deeper than that. I mean, a lot of cops will, uh, you know, stop a drug dealer and just take his stash and sell oh, yeah. it sell it to their buddies. Oh yeah, definitely. 
Becky, any other thoughts tonight? Um, to all the Marines listening, future, past, and present, happy birthday. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, let's continue with the calls here and talk to Bill in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. Hey, Bill. Hi. Um, I tell you, I don't, um, I don't like business nearly as much as you, you gentlemen do. What's wrong with business? Well, they're out to screw the consumer. How, in how, a nutshell, how, that's just all. I'll give you an example of please. a grocery store I used to shop at. They had a big sign. Now, it was, this particular item was aluminum foil. So how often do you buy aluminum foil? Well, you can't remember how much you paid for it the last time you bought it. Okay. So they put a big sign up that says, temporary price reduction, and they raised the price a dime. <laughs> temporary so, price reduction, and then they raised it a dime. I, yes. And I caught them in that. I mean, what can I do? I can't. I can't. I'm not the government. I mean, I, that's why I think we need the government. To so wait a minute. They raised, like the, they raised the price they while lied. they were claiming to have a, a temporary price reduction? Exactly. So this they were was, claiming that every product in the store was being reduced or only some products were being reduced? Well, now, that I didn't follow. I didn't carry a clipboard around and check everything. But this is one instance that I, incident that I could actually tell you for sure happened. Um, uh-huh. Now, did you have any other grocery stores you could shop in? Well, yeah, you always have different grocery stores oh. to shop in. Now, did you keep shopping at that one store or did you go somewhere else? Well, at the time, I probably still shopped there. Well, then that's your fault, then, for continuing okay. to give them your but business. Did you, you complain? Them. You did catch them, and I think, you're, I think you're probably, I think you are absolutely right, that businesses will try their hardest to get the most for their product that they possibly can. Well, consumers will try to screw the businesses, too. Consumers will try to get the least, you know, to, p- to pay the least, and that's how the marketplace works. Sometimes, sure, businesses are going to be able to, to put one over on the consumer, and I think that that's a, a pretty shoddy um, advertising practice, and I... I may or may not decide not to frequent that store um, again, but at the same time, nobody was hurt, right? I mean, that. No, no, no. Physically, nobody's hurt. Let me ask you a question. This is this is a sticking point on me. I buy milk quite often, so I'm very price sensitive. Mm-hmm. What do you do when all the stores price it at the same price? And each week, when the price goes up or down, okay, it, all the stores meet the same price. So you have stores- the you have the government to thank for that. Um, in almost every state, milk prices are regulated by the government and subsidized. The milk uh, business is also getting um, uh, government subsidies as well. So your tax dollars are your tax dollars because are going to prop up milk prices. Dairies have managed to contract with the government, have managed to get uh, their little foot in the door. Right. And in fact, it's not grocery stores that are screwing you. Nope. It's the government. They're that's the screwing ones. They're getting well, screwed It's a consortium too. of dairy, uh, you know, dairies and uh, but milk not producers. all dairies want to do this. Uh, the the smaller mom and pop dairies, for instance, they'd like to compete on price. They can't you because can't. they're um, kept out of the marketplace by who? The government, the you one remember, that's going to save us. You remember the story where uh, there was a guy that went over to one of the Amish communities. I think it was in Ohio to try and buy some raw uh, milk. Some raw milk. They actually sent the your government actually sent one of their agents to an Amish farm to try to buy raw milk from them because it's illegal by law. Your government law says you can't go and buy milk from a farm in many states. Some states it is it is legal, but in many states it's totally illegal, and that's because, again, of the, uh, the milk producers that just want to outlaw that competition. And that's what you get when government gets involved. You get favors that are doled out to, to politically connected businesses, whereas when you don't have government involvement in business, then the businesses have to compete in order to get your dollars. They can't just go to their friends in government and uh, prevent other people from getting into the business. So in your case, you know, Bill, uh, 
shame on you for not going to the manager and complaining you about did. a, about a pro- you did complain? No, I did not. Oh, right, that, he no, didn't I, complain. I, I agree, if I you don't complain, nothing's going to happen. I agree. I should have done that. Let me give you an example of uh, my grocery store experience today. I was just there today. We took a uh, we got one of those little frozen Carvel cakes from the the freezer section and went up to the front of the store, rang up the item. And right there on the top of the register was one of those self-checkout things. Uh, right there on the top of the register, it had their uh, their pricing policy. And the pricing policy is uh, that if the item rings up lower than the shelf price, you get the lower price. But if the item rings up higher than the shelf price, and the shelf price was seven ninety nine on this item, if it rings up higher and it rang up at eight ninety nine, you get the difference. You know, you get the shelf price the way you thought you were going to get it, and they give you two bucks. They give you a two dollar off coupon to make up for your, you know, your hassle and to make up for the inconvenience. So, you know, that's the evil business. What doing me a favor, isn't it? I mean, that's that's a pretty good policy, wouldn't you say? Well, yeah, that's fine as long as they didn't. Um, of course, the computer has to go along with what what the price is. If they if they overcharged you on the shelf, then it also overcharged you up at the checkout. You'd never catch it the difference, would you? I caught the difference. I caught the difference. I brought it up to uh, the supervisor there, and I was given my discount. Account, and uh, I saved a few bucks on that transaction as a result of it. And I helped their business at the same time because when, because I said something about it, I brought it up to them that alerted them to the discrepancy, and it was worth it to them to give me two bucks so they could send a, a price-checking guy out to the aisle and actually fix the problem so it didn't happen into the future. Again, there's nothing no, no, wrong with poli- these. Now, that, now, no, no, I'll agree with you. There's a, that's a good policy the business should have because, in a way, that if they kept overcharging over their shelf price, then they would be doing out the two dollars all day. Sure, most that would hurt them. most businesses, Bill, have that. Pro, uh, most major businesses, corporations, you know, big box stores have similar uh, um, pricing structures like that. I worked at Kmart for three and a half years. They had a very similar policy. If you found a product that was priced higher than the price on the shelf, they'd give you three bucks, you know, right there uh, off your bill on the spot. And you know, obviously, the the people that are paying close attention are going to notice these things, and those who don't won't. But caveat emptor and buyer beware. You know, okay. these things exist, and and uh, these situations exist in the current marketplace today even with all the government regulation. And more government regulation doesn't make consumers any safer. It just insulates businesses from competition. And we want businesses to have competition. It's because of competition that businesses have these policies. If a business, if a grocery store opened and it didn't have a price-matching policy or it didn't have a price-fixing policy like I just described to you, a lot of uh, more price-conscious consumers, those consumers that are, you know, coupon users, those consumers that have a very tight budget that are watching the prices of everything that they purchase, Purchase, those guys are going to go shop at the store that does have those policies, and that other store is going to lose that, that business unless they change their policy. So the fact is, it's the competition and the consumers in the marketplace that makes it so you can buy products at the price you expect them to purchase at. Sure, mistakes are going to happen, but mistakes are going to happen anyways. The free market isn't perfect, Bill, but it's way better than government regulation. Okay, one more thing, one more question, and, uh, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll leave you. All right. What do you do when these, some of these products that I'm buying that they're downsizing, you know, like a pound of coffee is now 13 ounces, and a, a yogurt cup I used to buy with 8 ounces is now 6. And this is all the brands. They, they've all the companies. There's no, no company will, will stick to the old way of It's an interesting point. I'll, we'll talk about it more on the way, but they can't advertise it as a pound if it's not actually a pound. You won't see that happening. But yes, there are cost-cutting measures going on. We can talk about that. It has to do with inflation. Uh, more on the way. It's Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's the live Saturday show, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are for free, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. We've got over 300,000 posts for you to surf around through. Serious issues, fun stuff, you'll find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Today, businesses, banks, healthcare providers, landlords, utilities, and educational institutions are plagued by a burgeoning rate of consumers who have failed to pay their bills. You may believe that this debt only affects those industries and businesses. However, when people do not pay their bills, all consumers pay the penalties, which are manifest through increased prices everywhere. So if you have or know any businesses that require assistance with collections, tell them to call SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI, we reposition companies to zero in on principal operations and regain their financial foundation. See their banner at freetalklive.com. Now, speaking of uh, cost-cutting and speaking of recouping losses and that sort of thing, I want to address what Bill's question was before we went away there. Uh, Bill was listening uh, in Indianapolis, and he, we, we've been talking sort of for the last hour or so about uh, business and regulations, government, uh, government free markets, the marketplace, uh, free markets, which we don't have right now. We have a mixed economy, which is mostly socialist and leaning more socialist every single day. Uh, more and more government controls, more and more government regulations, more and more taxation. And we we were talking about grocery stores specifically, and I mentioned that it's competition that brings about wonderful things, uh, wonderful services that we're used to, that we take for granted, like right. price matching and uh, price fixing. You know, price uh, if you get a price that's different at the register, they max that, max that price, and they give you a little something extra for finding the problem, that sort of thing. What Bill proposed was sort of that uh, everything has a fixed value, that they were overcharging him for a um, you know can of coffee, or, un- or actually, in his case, uh, aluminum foil, or they were under-delivering in a can of coffee, and you know, now it's 13 ounces rather than 16. And, you know, I'd like to give a little example. Um, If, say there's, say I have one thing to sell and I have two people that are willing to buy. I've got one gallon of milk and one person offers me $1 for it and another person offers me $2 for it. I'm going to take the person who takes, uh, is offering me $2. Damn right. Clear. Okay. What's the value of that gallon of milk? Two dollars. Two dollars because that guy was willing to offer me two. That time, but it could be different next time. If somebody comes along and says, I'll take that gallon for three, what's the value of that gallon of milk? Three. Three. If I only have the one guy that's willing to pay one dollar, how much is it? One dollar. Okay. Because there is no Unless you fixed, don't make the sale. There you, is no fixed value of milk. Right. But when you have two people selling a gallon of milk, suddenly you begin to get, hmm... You know the the price will fill out whether it'll be a dollar twenty five or whether it'll be dollar fifty. Who knows exactly where it'll right. come? Um, you know, end up. But there is no fixed value to things. Uh, the consumer is responsible for what they pay. I'll agree that businesses, in fact, I, I will totally agree, businesses want to get the most for their products that they possibly can. That's counteracted in the marketplace by consumers who want to get the most product for their money. And, and consumers who can go somewhere else if they don't get what they want from un, from one business. Right, and I thank Bill for, his, um, for, for being out there because it's his kind of price consciousness that sets the, the, the mark for all of us. Right. Because I don't, when I go shopping... Is all I do is I push the cart around and I get the things that I want. I don't pay attention at all. You can very, afford to do that. Very little do I pay attention to prices. Now, if something's really expensive, I, I would pay attention. But well, but if you had if you had a tighter budget, Mark, then it'd be a different situation. It absolutely for you. would. 
but and it is for a lot of a lot of consumers and I agree with you thank goodness bill is paying attention to price there are a lot of consumers that pay attention to price look I can afford to go and and pay more but I am a you know very yeah, frugal person you are a stingy it's, little miser it's absolutely fun for me I love looking at the you know price per ounce when I'm looking at different products and mm-hmm. comparing products I'll go with you know the whatever I've got apricots sitting in front of me there are three or four different brands of apricots for me to purchase I go with the Sunsweet brand uh, because it's cheaper than the rest. They're apricots. What do I? Why do I want to pay more? Right. So, but I, I am one of those people that looks at prices. And also, Bill should be congratulated for paying attention to the other important factor because it's not just price; it's price per ounce when it comes to shopping at grocery stores. So you, you can look at two different products, and if they have the same price, mm-hmm. well, you need to look also at the ounce. The, the weight of the product to see if you really are getting the same deal or a different deal. And he brought up the fact that some products have been getting lighter. He mentioned yogurts, which used to be 8 ounces, many of them now going down to 6 ounces. Um, I can give you another perfect example. Ice cream. Go and look at Breyer's brand ice cream. It's no longer 1.89 liters or a half gallon. It's 1.75 liters. It's less than a half gallon. Mm. It always used to be a half a gallon, but it's not anymore. Now, when somebody like uh, Bill or somebody who's suspicious uh, at all times of business, and, and should, again, buyer beware, you should be aware of these things. Somebody's always out there trying to get your money, absolutely, and some of them will lie to you to get it. But you, you know, it's up to you to make sure and to, and to you know, to be careful, but... So and that's entirely different than a, um, people providing a product that will hurt people. That's something sure. completely different. It, it is, but you know, we—it's important for consumers to, to to pay attention to these sure. things so we can help keep these businesses as honest as possible. And there's the other side of keeping consumers honest, and we'll talk about that in a moment uh, because it, the door does swing both ways on buyers dishonesty. are liars. So, uh, so let's look at this cost-cutting measure because that's what it is. When uh, it's not that Briars really wanted to cut costs on their uh, their ice cream. They, they didn't necessarily want to offer less than a half a gallon. It's just that they had a choice to make. See, we have a situation in this country where costs are constantly on the rise. And the reason for that is because of inflation. Primary, number one factor, the government is out there printing out money from thin air, adding more uh, dollars to the money supply in this country. More dollars chasing the same amount of goods means prices are going to go up. Means prices go up at the retail level, prices go up at the wholesale level, prices everywhere are rising. Okay, so companies have to do something about that. Companies have to deal with it. So there are only so many ways that a company can do that. They can raise their prices Mm -hmm. or they can cut costs. Okay, there's two ways to go about it. In the case of Briars, they have decided to cut costs. Because what they don't want to do is they don't want to have consumers going to the store and seeing what Bill saw in that one product where the price went up 10 cents. Where you go in one week and the price is $2.50 for a gallon of ice cream. The next week, it's $3 for that gallon of ice cream, same or same half gallon of ice cream. What changed? Well, inflation happened and they had to adjust their prices. So what Breyers did... With that small of a margin, likely they were, um, you know, the suggested, manufactured suggested retail price went from somewhere like $2.90 to three dollars. Now that would be a much more important jump. Do you understand how two ninety is? You know, it it, it looks cheaper than three dollars. Mm-hmm. Right, two point nine. Sure. It, it, they they perhaps would have kept it the same, um, kept the same amount as far as weight goes from two eighty to two ninety. But then when the suggested uh, manufacturer's suggested retail price went from two ninety to three dollars, right. they said, well, you know what? Let's just make smaller containers, and that way we can stay at our two ninety mark. 
and right. people will, you know, they won't know really much of the difference. Right. They know that most consumers won't, may, uh, you know, notice the difference, but obviously some do. Some like Bill. Some like myself. And so what they decided to do was cut, the, the, again, the costs of the actual container of ice cream. So instead of being 1.89 liters, it's now 1.75. Still looks relatively the same. Yeah. Same thing with candy manufacturers that, you know, it was six ounces of candy. They put four ounces of candy inside the same size bag, so it still looks as large, but it's not the same amount. And again, they're doing this because their costs are going up, but they want it to be as transparent as possible to the consumer. Now... Here's the other side of the story. You're, you might be out there sitting there thinking, those dirty, evil companies, how dare they try this sneaky crap? Well, the fact is, a lot of people did figure it out. A lot of people do pay attention to the weight uh, that they're purchasing the products at. And this is an area where some competitors can be competitive and say, hey, we still have the same weight for this price. We'll talk about it more on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. The Sankle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. is the place to go. The features for free. So enjoy those on us again, freetalklive.com, and join us uh, again, uh, uh, join us, freetalklive.com. Savvy Rest is what I want to tell you about. Mm. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try, try their crib mattresses, too. <coughs> SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. We're talking about consumer issues. We're talking about businesses. And uh, what brought all of this up was people concerned about big, evil corporations screwing over the consumer. And specifically, what we were into at that point, or at the point we just uh, left you at, was a bill in Indianapolis was concerned about the lowering, uh, the, the, the dropping, what seems to be continuously dropping amounts of product available in the things you purchase at the grocery store, for instance, like yogurts. Many yogurt brands are now 6-ounce cups instead of 8-ounce cups. Uh, we were talking specifically about ice cream, because I bought some ice cream today at the grocery store. Lots of ice cream manufacturers, not all of them, but several of them, including Breyers, have reduced the amount uh, the, of the container, the size of the container. It looks like it's the same size as the old half-gallon containers, but it's a little shallower than it used to be. Hmm. So instead of 1.89 liters, it's now 1.75. Now, again, this wasn't done to be devious. It was done because of cost increases that have more to do with inflation than anything else. Of course, inflation is a government problem, a problem created by the state, created by the printing of money from thin air, which increases costs for businesses everywhere. And when costs are going up, businesses can either raise the price of their product or reduce costs. So in the case of Breyers, they chose to reduce costs. Now, there's nothing inherently wrong with this, okay? And also, because of competition, it can be balanced out in the marketplace. When I was looking at the incredibly mind-bogglingly large, vast array of ice cream products and ice cream things at the store. Mm -hmm. Entire aisle dedicated to ice cream. When I was looking at this, I noticed several different brands. Now, again, a handful had cut the size of the amounts of, uh, of the 
the ice cream containers. Mm-hmm. But the, the store brand, and I think Edie's as well, but I'm not positive on that. I, don't quote me on that, okay? The store brand for sure. I shop at Price Chopper. It's a northeastern, uh, brand, uh, northeastern store, 24-hour grocery store. How cool is that, right? Uh, once again, competition made it so they had to go 24 hours. And, and, and it's amazing that they would be um, you know, 24 hours in a community that's only 25,000 people. Right, like relatively is. small. Uh, so their brand was a half gallon, the 1.89 liters, the full amount. Not only was it the full half gallon, it was also 50 cents cheaper than the Breyers brand. So the fact is, because of competition... Yeah, but it's a store brand ice cream, so I, I mean, ice cream is one of those things that you can really taste the difference in gr- ingredient quality. So Hey, many take, store brands are equivalent or, or better than their name brand product uh, competitors. And the reason for that, Mark, is because many name brand product competitors actually produce the store brands. And they have to pay for advertising. I'll give you that. Um, and you should... Tr- you should Check these things and see uh, and see for yourself. But you know, y- y- it's also important to people, customers like me, as to what it tastes like. Look, um, you know, there's there's certain things that I'm just not gonna settle for. Uh, I like Kraft macaroni and cheese, mm-hmm. and if my wife was to get some other brand, a store brand or anything like that, yeah, like I'm not gonna like that very much. Well. If she made it and you didn't know the difference, then well, how would you feel then? Like, I, I think that she you, served it to you and you couldn't tell the difference and said, "Ha ha, it's the store brand." I, I bet you. I could, her, huh? The thing is, is I bet I could. I've had well, store brands uh, of of these things, and I'm sure I can tell you the difference. Double blind. That would be an interesting little thing. But that's that's just an aside, not my point, Mark. My point is. Even though one company decided to cut its costs, other companies decided, hey, we think it's important to continue having a half-gallon product on the shelves because we know that's important to a lot of people that we keep our consistency. And so other companies didn't do the same thing. So because of competition, there are different options. In fact, the companies, because of competition, the stores themselves make it easy to tell the difference between the two. Mm -hmm. Look at the labels in most grocery stores. Most of them do this. If you look at the label, the product label, they break down the per ounce price for you. It's right there. You don't have to whip out a calculator and do math. Yep. It's right there, broken down for you. you look because at, enough people would want wanted that that they, they right. decided to do it. They demanded it. Some store decided, hey, our customers want this. Let's do it. The other store saw the one store do that and said, hey, we should do that too. You know, and that's how competition works. Or they said, oh God, now they did it. Now we have to. Can you imagine how bad this would be if uh, government ran the grocery stores? No competition. They had that in oh, Russia. Yeah. They called them bread lines. Right. You you didn't get to choose between a whole bunch of different types of bread. It was the bread they gave you. That was it. And you had to stand and wait. So, you know, there is no middle ground. And you're lucky if you got it. The, the middle ground is what we have today, where government gets in and meddles around and increases costs and it increases prices and increases regulations and drives businesses out of this country. That's the middle ground. What we need to do is get back to a marketplace where the consumers are doing the regulating, where it's consumer interest groups like Consumer Reports and Underwriters Laboratories and groups like that business that, are, that are keeping consumers safe, Okay. And don't, I shouldn't even get started on the issue of For one consumers thing, it's, being it's, bad. It's completely, um, it, it, it's a lot more efficient economically. When you ask the government to regulate things, anytime you ask the government to do something, it costs three times as much as anything else in the marketplace. If the government built you a uh, Honda Accord, it would cost ninety thousand dollars because they they just aren't incentivized in the same way. 
Look at the old uh, clunker government cars that were actually made in the again the Soviet Union and uh, East Germany. Other, other examples. Just they're awful. Yeah, of course they are. All right, so uh, I want to talk about consumers trying to screw businesses because that's the other side of the coin. But we'll go to the phones first and talk to Charles in Indiana, listening on WXNT. Hey, Charles. Charles in Indiana, going once. Charles. Good evening. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, you know, competition, you're absolutely right, is everything. But uh, you must be aware of history in that, you know, in the early 1900s and 1800s, there were uh, monopolies um, that the government had to step in and say, hey, wait a minute. Give uh, me an example. Stifling uh, the, Give me the an example. Barons, Interesting claim. Give me an barons, example. The, the railroad barons. Uh, well, now, now the, the, if, you must be aware of history you know that, in fact, the way, railroad barons um, used government influence to get their monopolies. Um, you know, those weren't right. actually That's monopolies. What's going on right now? Uh, we have more corporate mergers and, uh, and acquisitions than ever before, which is stifling competition. Uh, you know, the corporations take advantage of the 14th Amendment to claim that they're an individual. Oh, and, the, and, and, and how are they able to claim that they're an individual? Uh, they, uh, in the courts of law. They are an individual in a court of law. Right. The government it's, lets it's them. It's the government allowed them to do, the, do such a thing. A corporation is simply a piece of paper that legally protects people from um, their, you know, the 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 bad things that might happen from mistakes they've liability. made. Liability. Yeah, yeah liabilities. We should it's do wrong. Away, we should do away with it. They don't have a pulse. They can't repeat. We should. I, I'm totally with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Corporations are a bad, bad idea. And I'm it's not a looking government for the idea. government to protect corporations. Nope. Isn't it corporations' uh, main goal to consume their competition by buying out their competitors? So no. if you have a totally unregulated market, you get monopolies. That's why no, you are incorrect, sir. Uh, you know, there's there's not a single example that you, that you ever are going to be able to come up with with a real monopoly in a free market. I'm familiar with American history. I'm are familiar with Standard with Oil. Oil. Okay, let's use Standard Oil. That's the the standard one. The fact is, Standard right, Oil okay. had about 85 percent of the market, not a monopoly. That means that 15 percent of the market was out there with competition. In the same way yeah, that, that Microsoft doesn't have a monopoly now. In fact, they're losing their monopoly to Apple, who's providing. A, right, they're, they're losing share. their market, large market share to Apple, who's providing people with um, types of computers that are easier to use and better looking. There's always Microsoft going to be the, the marketplace will handle these things. The only time you're ever going to have a market a, a monopoly is when the government steps in, like in the case of your power company or your cable company or your water company. Those are That's real live monopolies. That's work. It's government regulation keeping monopolies. And the and competition alive. I think you need to re-examine your. Let's re-examine it in a moment. We'll bring you back for more. Hang on, Charles. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. He totally didn't understand what you said, Mark. Uh, we'll try to make it crystal clear. The fact is, monopolies can only exist with government's support. We will explain. We'll talk more about it. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live into your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll free, even in these remaining moments. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Hey, if we don't get a chance to get to it, the story about the LAPD and the Muslims, we'll get to it Monday night, so you can join us then. 
If you don't get the show on your station, grab it at freetalklive.com. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features there are free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we invite you to become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month. You get some perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. But the most important thing is that money is not going to paychecks. It's coming in and it's going right back out and it's being reinvested into the show to get more radio stations on board and to spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible because as has been as has been uh, proven by some of the phone calls we've gotten tonight many many Americans are just blissfully unaware of the way the economy actually works of the way the free marketplace is supposed to work they've just got a lot of things frankly backwards uh and one of those uh people and i'm trying to i I don't want to be rude to you charles charles you're unfortunately completely wrong with your opinions about monopolies and uh, it's charles back on the line in indiana and i can just go through it to to hopefully make it very clear for you the fact is there are two types of monopolies in the world okay type number one is a market monopoly type number two is a coercive monopoly now the definitions Both are stifle competition. Sorry, Both of those stifle competition. Incorrect. Only one kind is uh, only one kind of monopoly is a uh, stifling kind, and that is government enforced uh, coercive monopolies. But let me define them for you before we go on. Okay. Wait, wait, uh, wait! Just one moment. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt, but before there was the antitrust laws, uh, corporations, there was nothing to stop. The monopolization of the marketplace. You are incorrect, and I will explain to you why it is you're wrong, okay? It wasn't until uh, Roosevelt came along and says you can't have a monopoly in the market. You're wrong, sir. You you obviously haven't read a history book. No, you're the one who's been reading the history books written by socialists, socialist history books. The fact is is that we do have monopolies, and those monopolies are the government. Listen. Listen, just pot him down, please. Just pot him right down. He's going to keep talking. Mark, can you make your point now? Look, there are monopolies in America. Those monopolies are monopolies like the water company, the power company, and the cable company. Those monopolies are in place because the government put them in place. Coercive monopolies. Absolutely. Now, what he's talking about, these market monopolies, this terminology, which is completely incorrect. It's not a monopoly at all. But let's use Microsoft as an example. Microsoft had a large... You didn't let me define the term. I know, but it's, it's... it's, it's a bad term, and I've heard you define it before. It is not a monopoly. Monopoly means there is only one in the marketplace. Right. You and didn't let me define the term. A market monopoly is where there is one company that is offering a product, and it's the only one in the marketplace. It doesn't, it's never been actually accomplished before, because in a free market, there's always the opportunity for someone else to start up a, co- a competing company. Right. The only time you can't have that freedom, the only time you don't have the ability to compete, compete against that so-called market monopoly is when there's a government around to say, whoa, you can't come in here and offer power services. Whoa, you can't come in here and offer oil to people. We're only going to allow this company to do it. So it's only when government is present 
that you have a situation where there can actually be a coercive, dangerous monopoly. If a company actually gets to the point of market monopoly in a free market situation, they could only do it by satisfying all of their customers so satisfied that no one ever thought to go out and start up a competing entity. Of course, that doesn't happen because of like what you're, what you're about exist. to say about Microsoft is that when companies get more and more market share, they tend to just get lazier. They tend to rest on their laurels and it gives an, it gives an opportunity for someone else to step in and start taking more market share back from them. In the absence of government regulation, there is competition. And anytime anybody's free to start competing, you can't possibly have a uh, you can't possibly have a dangerous monopoly. You can't have a monopoly when there's a free marketplace. Charles, does that make any sense to you at all? Charles in Indianapolis, he's gone. All right. So does that did did that make any sense? I mean, the, the Charles fact is, Charles is repeating the th- same things that we were told in school. You don't know history, Mark. And, and you know the fact is they're lying to you. D- there's no such thing as a monopoly. Standard Oil was not a monopoly. Nope. They only had an 85 percent market I've heard share. Ninety, but you know okay, whatever. Okay, ninety percent market share. That's not a monopoly. Nope. And any more than. I don't know anything that that's only ninety percent of something. Right, um, monopoly know, means one hundred percent. It's just not the way it is. So, and Standard Oil was only able to keep that market share for something like four or five years in an entirely immature market where competition, uh, where where travel was very limited. They don't currently, they didn't have semis, you know, crossing the United States mm-hmm. at seventy miles an hour at that time, bringing um, you know oil back and forth where people right. could really compete. So there's there's no such thing as a monopoly. Right. In yes, the free market, a monopoly it's impossible. does stifle competition, and the only monopolies are the monopolies that the government, who's supposedly out there protecting us from monopolies, which is a damn lie, too, right. uh, because otherwise we wouldn't have them. But in fact, the government institutes the only monopolies and then says, we protect you from monopolies. It's what absurd. a bunch of crooks. Yep, they are, they are crooks, and they are liars. And you might ask yourself, well, well, why did my government history teacher lie to me? Well, it's because she was indoctrinated, too. Right. She doesn't understand. She's teaching from a textbook which was written by socialists with an agenda to make people hate business and to make people love government and to make people think that government is wonderful and government is the great protector and government's going to keep you safe. If you're living today and sucking air, it's because there's a government around. I mean, this is what government school teaches people, just like Catholic school teaches people about Jesus and the Catholic stuff. Okay? What are you going to get from government school? You're going to get the message that government is great. It's a lie. They, they're lying to you. The government is the entity sure, that protects control, bad businessmen. They control the schools, of course. If GM controlled the schools, don't you think you'd hear all the time about how great a product GM is? Sure. The government is, is t- lying to you. We've just proved it. Yep. Okay, here's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Because everybody that's anti-business always talks about all the awful things that they think businesses have done to consumers over time. But the door swings both ways. As you pointed out, Mark, businesses want to get as much money as possible for the products on their shelves as they can. On the other hand, consumers want to get those same products for as little money out of their pocket as possible. And right. in between, price is found. I'd like a Mercedes convertible, and I'd like to pay $5,000 for it. Not going to happen. If I can tell a lie to the Mercedes dealer in order to get it, I might just do such a thing. Many consumers are willing to lie in order to get better prices. And uh, just as an example of how these two forces, consumers and businesses, these two forces meet together in the marketplace and manage to work together, and most people are 
satisfied. Uh, tra- transactions tend to be win-win. I wouldn't buy a product if I didn't think I was getting equal or more value out of that product than the dollars sitting in my pocket. Okay, I wouldn't make the purchase if I didn't think it was a worthwhile purchase. But sometimes mistakes are made, and sometimes you have to go and return a product. I had to return one today, as a matter of fact. When I was leaving the grocery store I was talking about shopping at earlier, one of the bags broke, and a bottle of juice fell through and hit the pavement, and it exploded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, juice went everywhere. The bottle was ruined. It's a $2 bottle of juice, so I picked up the bottle, took my receipt, walked back into the store, went to the customer service desk, Showed it to him, said, hey, you know, dropped out of the bag, told him, this, told him the story. He said, do you want to get another one? I said, yes. You know, so we wanted to do, just do an even exchange. And the guy never looked at my receipt. He never looked at my receipt. He just let us go and get the other product off the shelf. I didn't have to fill out any forms. I didn't have to give him any information. They just gave me the new product, took the old one, and I walked out of the, out of the door. And I thought to myself, as I was leaving, man, that's really good customer service. Considering... That in some places you have to fill out a form, you know, if you want to get a refund. Now, again, it was just an even exchange of $2 bottle of soda. But for an electronic device like a PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 3 or something, right? I used to work in the electronics department at Kmart when I was a teenager. And I can't tell you how many times somebody came in and tried to return something that they, A, didn't buy at the store, or B, were trying to pull some sort of scam on us, or, you know, I can't even remember all the examples, but just in the world of scams that these customers will try to pull, here's one of the, here's one of the fun ones. Some customers will get upset when they return something, and the customer service department opens the box, pulls out all of the, you know, pulls the product out and inspects it to ensure that it is indeed what they expected it to be, that you returned all the cables and you returned everything that you were supposed to return with it, like if you're buying a PlayStation 3. If you don't open the box and you don't go through those that process and you don't check the claims of the customer, just like customers should check the business claims, if the business doesn't check the claim of the customer, then it's going to get screwed. It's liable to be full of sand. Or a brick. Or something like that. You take a, you go and buy a PlayStation 3, take the PlayStation 3 out, put a brick back in, and if you take it to a business that is known for not checking the boxes when they get it back, you just got yourself a free PlayStation 3. So, of course, they have to put in these uh, parameters. Of course, they have to check your identification. They, ha- they need to make sure that you're an honest person because, unfortunately, not all customers are honest and not all businessmen are honest. But... 99% of the time, customers and businesses are honest, and everybody gets what they want for the price they want it at because the marketplace works. We'll see you Monday night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 